Dang, is it 7.30 yet? I mean, hey, I hate early games, 11 a.m. games as much as the next person around here. But these 7.30 games, I got to wait all day long to watch OU softball. We still got five and a half hours till we get underway for the WCWS Championship Series. Sorry, I can't contain my excitement, all right? I'm not patient today. It's hard for me to wait until 7.30. I'm just ready for the game, man. 11 a.m. stinks, I know, but come on, Parker Thune. 7.30 tonight's when the show begins. I am so jacked up to uh, watch this softball team against Texas. I tell you what, I I tune in every day for OU football and OU recruiting, and here he is leading the show with OU softball. I I don't think that you're going to get complaints about uh, softball talk Oh, we'll we'll get one complaint. There's always one. But no, like, this is... I would say this is the biggest event of the week in OU sports. You got OU baseball playing Super Regionals in Blacksburg on the weekend, but right now, I think for... Most every OU sports fan, the focus is on this OU Texas series for the national title in softball. And uh, to me, Tyler, we kind of talked about it yesterday. Game one's pivotal because really for Texas, it's pivotal. Well, but for both teams, though, if OU wins game one, you can call it a series. You can call it a series because nobody is beating this OU softball team twice in a row. And that's what Texas would have to do at this point. If Texas steals game one away, the way that Florida State did from Oklahoma last year in this series, then you might start to squirm a little bit. And that'd be understandable. Because at that point, Texas would have done what no team in the country has done to this point in the year, and that is beat Oklahoma not once but twice. Of course, they handed them their first loss of the season back in April. Yeah. See, I, I'm not – look, I – Will I be just, like, super confident if they drop game one tonight? I mean, you'll be shaken a little bit, sure. But we've seen time and time again how this program responds after a loss. Lost to James Madison last year in the opening round. They won four consecutive games to get to the championship series. Lost against Florida State in game one. That didn't look good. Won the next two. Uh, Lost against Oklahoma State on an incredible run. Lost to UCLA on Monday. Came back 115-0. This game to me tonight is way more important for Texas than it is OU. Now, I'd I'd rather OU just go ahead and win game one tonight, and let's just wrap up this thing in two days. But I think for Texas to win the series, they've got to win tonight, especially because I think Haley Dolcini, their ace, is going to be pitching for the Longhorns tonight. So it is important for OU, no doubt, in a three-game series, but – um, call it a must win. I, I think that this is important. And if Texas is going to win, they got to get to Hope Troutwine. That's the biggest yeah. key. If you can get to Hope Troutwine, then you got a puncher's chance because obviously, though Jordy Ball is back in action, she's not 100%. And I know the text line has slandered Nicole May a little bit. Nicole May, in her own right, is a very, very good pitcher. But she's not Hope Troutwine, and she's not Jordy Ball. So if you can get to Hope Troutwine, that gives you some confidence that in Game 2 you're going to be able to get to either Jordy Ball or Nicole May. I think Hope is dope. Starts tonight for Game 1. I think that this is what your three looks like. I think Hope is your number one option, Jordy is your number two option, and Nicole May is your third option. And that's not to say that I don't think Nicole May will pitch at some point in this series – But I also think that this series is going two games, you know? There's not going to be a whole lot of opportunities for Nicole May, potentially even Jordy Ball, if I'm right, and this series only goes two games and they only play 14 innings because there's no run rule here. So, I don't don't know. 
Hope's got the hot hand. She's your best pitcher right now, and I think Patty's going to say, let's go. We know who our number one is right now. Let's let's throw her out there and, and let's see what happens. But I think she pitches tonight, and I think she pitches well. Tyler can talk all the softball he wants. Leave him alone, Doug. <laughs> on the t- <laughs> Doug already taking arrows. Unbelievable. Give me all the softball talk, then give me some Richard Young and Macari Vickers info. Yeah, we can do uh, both this first segment because – Parker put in a uh, crystal ball for Macari Vickers. Was that yesterday? That yes, last night. Well, what happened? I mean, nothing in particular happened. I I had a conversation with him last night. Look, he's taking an official visit to Michigan this weekend. He's going to take an official visit to Alabama the following weekend, and he may follow that with an official visit to Texas. But OU already had the lead going into official visit season for Vickers. They lengthened that lead over the weekend. What gave me the confidence to pull the trigger on the crystal ball, with obviously outside of my conversation with Vickers himself, was the presence of Keon Brown. And now that the Sooners have Keon Brown committed, it's hard not to regard them as the favorite yeah. for Makari Vickers. Because as I said, they already held a lead. But Keon Brown and Macari Vickers are from the same hometown, Tallahassee, Florida. They've known each other a while. They're very close. And ever since Keon Brown committed, he has been all over Macari Vickers, making sure he knows that OU's the spot. Does this mean with 100% certainty that Macari Vickers is going to be a Sooner? No. And I left my crystal ball at a moderate degree of confidence. But... If everything transpires the way, I, the way I anticipate it transpiring over the course of the month of June as Vickers take the, takes these officials, I think it's going to be hard to deny Oklahoma here, man. Yeah. Uh, Macari Vickers, 2023, listed as a corner, four-star, 6'1", 180 out of Tallahassee. Yeah, you had that at a 5 out of 10. So we kind of theorized this on Monday after OU, yes, got the four-star commitment over the weekend from four-star receiver Keon Brown. We thought, yeah, this might be a package deal situation here. And sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes when you're talking about package deals in recruiting, there is one guy that is, okay, well, you, you'll take both of these guys, but this, this guy is clearly, without a doubt, the better player of the two. The second guy might be borderline a little bit, but this other guy is so good that we'll take him just to, so we can get the uh, you know the better guy in the package duo. Both of these guys are four stars. Both of these guys are really good players. Um, you take both of them and you don't even think tw- twice about it. Exactly. Makari Vickers is a top 100 player in the nation, regardless of position. So this is the type of player, especially coming out of the state of Florida, that at the University of Oklahoma, you're not used to landing as a recruit. But hey... This is the new dawn. This is the Brent Venables era. These are the type of players that OU is going to start getting. And, oh, by the way, you know, about a month ago, Tyler, you and I were talking about how P.J. Adebare was probably going to be a top 100 player, maybe top 50 player in the nation by the end of the cycle. Guess what? As of yesterday, he's already a top 100 player. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, one quick thing on on these two guys out of Tallahassee. I didn't doubt it once Brent Venables got hired. Just because of the you know relationships that he has in the state and getting Todd Bates and all of that and and, and then really a lot of the staff that have connections in the state of Florida, I didn't necessarily doubt it, Parker, but it was more of okay they want to attack the southeast and really they want to attack the state of Florida. 
I'm interested to see how this really works out. And granted, Macari Vickers hasn't committed yet. All you've done is put in a crystal ball here. But I am... Um, I feel pretty good about their immediate success in the state of Florida and what they're going to do over a long period of time. Because I think there's going to be a lot of key factors in getting over the hump for this football program. One way to do that is to get into the state of Florida and go get some dudes down there. Because there are dudes in the state of Florida. Arguably the most talent-rich state in uh, in the entire country right now. It's where you want to be, and this staff is getting in on that state early on, which is a great sign. Yeah, back to the text line. Jackson Arnold's a five-star now. Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> gonna, gonna bring almost, that up. almost like we've been saying that would happen, Tyler. For a couple um, of months now. Yeah. Do we have a timeline on Adabare's commitment? Not at this time, but, Tyler, to follow up on what we were talking about yesterday – does not sound like PJ is going to make it to Georgia this weekend. Yeah. So new, new uh, crystal ball in on that for PJ. By the way, there is a what Brendan Drum put it in at a, as a seven as a crystal ball. So all signs port to, towards the uh, four star out of North Kansas City ending up committing at OU, which would be big time. So the so the Richard times. Young situation. One of our texters says seems like possibly Cedric Baxter may commit to Alabama. Would that give Richard Young an edge to go to OU? See, that's interesting. And so let's uh, let's open this box just a little bit. If Cedric Baxter goes to Alabama, do I think it unlikely that Alabama could pull two of the top five running backs in the same class? No, but that may diminish Richard Young's eagerness yeah. to go to Alabama and I do know, in talking to people around the OU program, after this past weekend and the visit he took, OU made some progress there. Well, before they, before they made that progress, you were kind of of the opinion of, don't get too excited and by look, Richard Young. I, I, I am still there, and I don't want to get people too excited, so that's why I'm kind of tempering the expectations here. I, look, from where I stand, I'm going to have to see it to believe it. I am not going to buy it with Richard Young in Oklahoma until he puts pen to paper. Because, and that's that's not a dig on DeMarco Murray. That's not a dig on the University of Oklahoma. But historically, OU doesn't get five-star running backs out of the state of Florida. Sure. And Richard Young right now in the 24-7 sports composite is the number one running back in the land. That is a watershed addition if Oklahoma does end up with Richard Young but it would be so unprecedented that I'm not really going to stick my neck out and say that's going to happen until I see it with my own two eyes. So let's um, let, let's do this, okay? Now, Richard Young still got to think that he is an Alabama lean, a heavy Alabama lean at this point. But this is hypothetical, and I know that this is a big hypothetical, but let's just say for a moment that this current situation, Richard Young says, eh, I'm not so interested in Bama anymore. They've already got another high-profile player at my position committed. If not Alabama, where would OU stand with the rest of the group that's trying to uh, recruit him right now? Okay, say this all again. So, if not Alabama, if basically not Alabama. if not Alabama, yeah, yeah. Where, where would OU stack okay, up with the Okay, rest? okay, okay, tracking. I think OU would be right there at the top. I don't know if they'd be the outright leader if you take Alabama out of the equation. Ohio State's in it as well. Uh, I'm trying to think where else. Uh, well, he's not taking that OV to Ohio State anymore. He came out and announced that. Oregon is in the mix. Can't really discount them if it's not Alabama. 
Notre Dame is in the mix as well. 24-7 says he's visiting in the month of June. Bama, Georgia, Notre Dame, and Oregon. Yeah. Or, or visits that he has listed. And so he pulled that um, – yeah, he pulled that Ohio State visit off the schedule in favor of the Oregon visit. So, look, it's it's anybody's guess if it's not Alabama. Alabama is and always has been where the safe money lies. And, and that kind of ties into what I was saying earlier. Even if Cedric Baxter commits to Alabama, I don't think that automatically means, oh, Richard Young's going to be a Sooner. Again, I, I, I will probably say it a million times by the end of the recruiting cycle. I will have to see it to believe it. Yeah. Hey, real quick on Jackson Arnold. Yes, he did get his fifth star. Been talking about that for a couple months now. I, I think that this is a big statement nationally. I, I don't think that very many of us, if any of us around here, are concerned with OU's quarterback recruiting moving forward. I mean, how you were able to close last year's class with Nick Evers and getting Jackson Arnold as quickly as you did. I think if you're really paying attention to recruiting, you see that OU's going to be just fine when it comes to quarterback recruiting. But I think at least national, the perspective of things, now that OU does have their quarterback in this year's class and he is a five-star, I, maybe no one needed to hear it, but I think that this is only further proof, Parker, that, yeah, OU's been just fine at the quarterback position, even before Muleshoe got here. They'll be just fine at the quarterback position after that guy is gone. If there's one position you're never worried about at the University of Oklahoma, what position is it? Um, wide receiver. Oh, okay. you wanted me to say quarterback. No, no, no. Okay. I, I would accept either answer because those really are, those are the two positions you never worry about, quarterback and wide receiver. The passing game at the University of Oklahoma is always going to be top of the line. There, will, I, there would have to be a drastic seismic shift in the nature of how Oklahoma recruits and plays football for there ever to come a time at which Oklahoma – did not have one of the most prolific offenses nationally every single year. Yeah, and that's not going to stop anytime soon because OU, contrary to popular belief nationally, OU will still continue to have really good offenses. OU will have a better offense this coming year than they did the previous year. And in fact, maybe the two previous years. Uh, they'll be fine offensively. All right, hey, we'll get to more of your texts coming up on the other side on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. We got football today. We got Cruton today. We've got Women's College World Series today as well. So keep it locked in right here on The Ref. We're the Homo Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune live on The Ref. We are the Homo Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune inside the Brown O'Haver Studios our buddy Travis Davidson, he has his weekly spot at uh, 2.30s on Wednesday. He's just going to join us in studio for a couple segments today because, what, you two are headed straight to Vegas? We're headed straight to Vegas or once straight, we're off the air here at three. At least straight to the Berkey. Straight tonight. to Albuquerque. Sorry, which, by the way, Mike made me play that song, Point Me in the Direction of Albuquerque, <laughs> to bump into our last time. It's one of the worst songs I've yeah, ever heard. Yeah, man, Oh, my man. goodness. Well, um, I'm sure you guys will have a, a good time in Albuquerque. Santa Fe is only like an hour away. My family and I, we like to spend time in Santa Fe. So if you have the time, maybe uh, take the John up to Santa Fe. But you're going to be driving so much that, I don't know, man, I'd probably just be looking for the shortest route possible to, uh, to Vegas. Yeah, we're going to beeline it for the most part. Mule Shoe is about an hour and a half detour, all things considered. <laughs> so we, we, we might not make it. 
Uh, text line, this is Bass and John. What's up, Bass and John? If OU loses and becomes the visiting team, OU gets pissed off for being the visitor and wins 15-0. Yes, OU has played four games this Women's College World Series, and in half of those games in two, they've delivered a massive haymaker in the top of the first inning that the opposing team could not get up from. Uh, this text is asking about Peyton Kirkland. What's your current temperature on uh, Peyton Kirkland and OU? Very Four-star offensive lineman. Very, very good vibes between him and Oklahoma. I would consider him and Oklahoma lean right now. Again, he's got those official visits coming up. He's going to go to Florida, going to go to Miami, going to go to Michigan State. So this is the type of situation and this is the type of recruitment where being the first OV might be more of a detriment than a plus for Oklahoma. But that said, Peyton Kirkland is – very, very tied in with the OU commits when you're talking about guys like Jackson Arnold and Josh Bates, and he's also tied with several of the big-time OU leans, not the least of which is fellow four-star offensive lineman Caden Green. So if the Sooners lock Caden down on July 8th, I think that increases the chances that they end up with Peyton Kirkland. Right now, yeah, OU lean. Watch that one closely this month. Yeah. 405-651-3439. That is the number to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I'll ask this again since it didn't get answered yesterday. Parker, you've said that you believe Hicks is one of, if not the most impressive recruit you've seen talent-wise in person. How do you believe he stacks up against David Stone? Stone is a beast in his own right. Just curious how you compare the two. Yeah, look, at the end of the day, Stone is a legitimate five-star. He's got that kind of talent, he's got the frame, he's got the dexterity. Everything you look for in an elite defensive lineman, David Stone has it. There is a reason he is a five-star recruit, and he's going to be an outstanding football player at the next level, likely has a long-term future in the NFL, and should enjoy successful uh, several successful seasons at the professional level once his collegiate career has come and gone. But... David Hicks, man, if if they just gave different. out a, if they gave out a sixth star, he would deserve just different. it. He he is just different, man. Like, and Dave, I mean, in David Stone, I, I think that his his ceiling is really high, and wherever he ends up, Oklahoma, he can he's going to have a great career. But you're right, man. As as good as Stone is, Hicks is just kind of a little bit different here. Yeah, no, he is. He is different. That's It's a very simple word, but that's the best word to describe DJ Hicks. He is different, and when you look at this class, to me, there are three prospects that have legitimate potential to be considered generational talents one day. David Hicks, Caden Proctor, and I'm kind of on the fringe about Ruben Owens. I would consider him in that conversation as well, but really DJ Hicks, Caden Proctor, those are the two guys that I would say, regardless of position in this cycle, have the absolute highest ceiling. You don't get a defensive lineman like this in every single yeah. cycle. And so this is a very key recruitment for Oklahoma. Again, I kind of tend to favor Texas A&M, at least for now. But the fact that Oklahoma's in this, man, if, if they stay in this, this we talked about what a watershed addition it would be if the Sooners were to land Richard Young, it would be that much more of a watershed moment if they ended up with DJ Hicks. I love that you guys are mixing in recruiting questions and softball questions. Win the first game and it's done. I want us to score 30 tonight and then for tomorrow to get ugly. Horns down all day, every day. Yes, a reminder... 
There's no run rule in the championship series. Um, OU found that out the hard way a few years ago against UCLA, unfortunately. But then OU returned the favor on Monday with a 15-0 win over their own. Would have been worse if, like the championship series, there was no run rule in that one. I believe OU has won 24 of their past 25 over Texas. And some would say, well, that doesn't really matter all that much in a championship series. I think mentally, especially if you do win game one, that's where it comes back and it's, oh yeah, we're playing OU here. I don't think we can beat them in back-to-back days. OU has a real mental edge in this series, and I think it's going to show up all the way through. And I asked, I asked everyone on Twitter how they think this series is going to go, and I feel like every single response was, <laughs> OU and two, dumb question. Next. Next, please. Who's the big-time wide receiver from Texas that's an OU lean? That's via the text line. That would be Jaquazy Petaway right now. He's going to be on an official visit to Ole Miss this weekend. Four-star. He's going to be, for the moment, going to be at Texas on an official visit the weekend after that. He is a top 50 player nationally, has been a varsity contributor, well, a varsity star since his freshman season at Langham Creek High School down in the Houston area. OU already quietly had a lead for Jaquazy Petaway before his official visit this past weekend. That was one of the guys with which they made huge, huge strides with that OV. Now, the question becomes, can Ole Miss or Texas or even a team like Ohio State or Alabama, because he's originally from Alabama, can a team like that slow down the Sooners' momentum? That's a very hard recruitment to get a reliable read on because he's one of those guys that just does not talk. If you want information on him, you got to go to a third party for the most part. But as of right now, the Sooners are in the catbird seat in that recruitment, and it may not be long before we have a decision from Jaquazy Petaway. I don't think this is going to be the type of thing that is dragged out. That, much like Peyton Kirkland, is one that as a Sooner fan you should feel good about right now, but also should have the healthy understanding that a lot could change in the month of June. So you will want to keep tabs on how things progress with Petaway's official. I mean, it's it's the summer now. I mean, obviously, it's going to be a big month for everyone, but June seems like a real um, potential game changer for OU recruiting. And I, I heard one particular text during uh, when you and Steely were on earlier, and it was, well, you know, Parker keeps telling us that just to be patient, just to be patient, it's going to happen, it's early, but at some point we have to start to get to concern. I feel like June is going to really turn the tide on that. You are going to get a few commitments to be really excited for, and you, are, you will enter the month of July, if not July, August, with some real optimism of how this 2023 class is taking shape. You good with that? I would say so. Yeah. I would say so. And I right now, circ, I, and I know I've said before, circle the months of June and July on the calendar because that will be when the ball starts to get rolling for Oklahoma. And look, it's already gotten started here in June. You got Keon Brown committed. I don't think that'll be the last commitment in June. July, you could see an avalanche. There could be a lot of decisions that go in the Sooners' favor in the month of July. A lot. By the way, speaking of recruiting – You know, the softball game is on ESPN tonight, and it's never a bad thing in front of all those viewers if the head coach of your football team gets a little airtime and, you know, everyone in the booth is, oh, there's new head coach uh, Brent Venables. I got to think that there's a pretty decent chance that Brent Venables is uh, sitting in the stands tonight wearing an OU softball jersey. And I 
My guess, even I, I, he may be is out he, of town. Is he going to lead the Boomer Sooner chant? Uh, would that shock you? No, not it wouldn't at all. shock me at all. Actually, he, I, I'm guessing that he is in town. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he got a little airtime tonight on ESPN. Heck, knowing Brent, he'll uh, roll up there to the booth with uh, who you, you got. Uh, we got Michelle Smith coming on later in the show. By the way, at three twenty, she's going to be on the call tonight. Um, with Michelle Smith and the rest of that crew, he may go up there for an interview during the middle of the game. That'd be pretty awesome, wouldn't it? They would, a- they would ask him one question, it would last two innings. <laughs> that's true, man. That's true, because, you know, that's the Beth thing Mowens about— Beth and Jessica Mendoza also going to be up yeah. there. That's what I'm thinking of. That's the thing about interviewing anybody during a baseball-slash-softball game is, like, you never know how much time you have to budget for because the inning could be over in 90 seconds or it could be over in 15 minutes. It's going to be real hard for them to get to commercial break if they got a slow Brent. So, it's the bottom of the second, Brent. Um, how's it been so far at OU? Top of the fifth, he's going to be done. Which, by the way, OU will be up like, you know, 10-0 at that point already. Just wow. saying. Okay. I so, you, you're predicting the blowout good. tonight. I'm, uh, I haven't put out my final score prediction yet, but is there a chance that I get a little aggressive on game one by the time we get out of here? There is definitely a chance I get a little aggressive by the time we get out of here, okay? Especially with how they're uh, swinging the sticks. Oh, boy. All right, we got Travis Davidson coming up next segment. Speaking of Women's College World Series, Michelle Smith, who's going to be on the call tonight for ESPN, will join us at 320. So, yeah, we got a big show going on here. Football, crouton, softball, that's what we're doing today. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the Homo Sooner fans. Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy, we got him in studio. I think your mic is facing the wrong direction there, Tyler. How about meow? <laughs> Good. There we go. Okay. Now we got you. I have no hearing in my headset whatsoever, so I couldn't tell if it was the right way or not. All that to say, we have Travis Davidson. He is in studio with us uh, because he's about to head out to Vegas with Parker Thune. Who's driving first, boys? Who's getting that response? Yeah, that's a good question. Have you we'll not have to, discussed it yet? We'll have to draw straws. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm already I'm already two hours in, so I figure I'll just I'll just keep going here for a little while. Hey, we'll talk about uh, the recruiting event seven on seven in Vegas. But can you two do me a favor, Parker? I know that you don't like Vegas, and I know that you're not a gambler, but I feel like my buddy Travis is over here. Oh, okay. Can you guys <laughs> at least put a bet? On OU at 9 on the over-under for this college football season, please. And I don't even care if there's people out there that think, oh, they're not going to win the conference this year. That's fine. You don't have to think that they're going to win the conference for the over-under of 9 to hit. So if you guys can do anything, please, please put a serious amount of cash on OU to cover that 9. I mean, they won the 10 over. last year and didn't even make the Big 12 championship game. So yeah, I mean, it, it's, it literally feels like f- free money if the over-under is 9. Yeah, I mean, you go through the schedule and just – just count the losses. Find the losses on the schedule. And, yeah, if, if, if you need us to throw some money down for you, get all cash to the studio within the next <laughs> half hour or yeah. so. And, we'll uh, be accepting Venmo. Yep, absolutely. There's small fee, small fee, um, you know, for the process for the legwork. Yeah, I mean, I, I realize I might be a little bit higher on this team than some people, and that's fine, but it's nine. It's been like eight years since that wouldn't have hit, and that was a catastrophe of a season back in uh, 2014. Parker, um, who's a couple names that you're really looking forward to seeing at this uh, Cam Newton 7-on-7 event in Vegas? Uh, Well, Malachi Nelson's going to be there. Uh Uh-oh. Awkward. (laughs) That is awkward, especially because uh, I don't think it's any secret. I am am very, very high on Malachi Nelson. 
Uh, I think he is the best quarterback in this uh, in this class. But uh, okay, so SFE is kind of the big seven on seven event down in the South Florida area, and they're big enough at this point that they just get players from all over to play with them. So Malachi Nelson is actually playing with SFE, but I mean, just listen to some of these names that I'll throw at you that are going to be competing with that team. You got Malachi, you've got Brandon Innes, you've got Makai Lemon. Man, it just gets more and more awkward, stars? doesn't it? Uh, yes, uh, is yeah they they are still all, all five stars. Josiah's a trader, another five star in the 2024 class, as well as Jeremiah Smith, who is a five star receiver in the 2024 class. Both those guys visited Oklahoma last month and should be back later this summer. So it's a couple of recruitments to watch there. Uh, Nathaniel Joseph, four star wide receiver, committed to Clemson. Uh, Carnell Tate, five star wide receiver in the class of 2023. So by my count here. Oh, and you got Hakeem Williams, who's a very high four-star in the class of 2023. By my count, that is seven national top 100 wide receivers alone on this single team. They've also gonna, they're also as far as defensive back goes, they're gonna have Damari Brown, another guy that OU has offered four-star, uh, Dijon Johnson, new to the top 100 in the 24/7 Sports Composite. Of course, OU. Uh, was in great position for him for quite a while. They were rumored to be getting an official visit from him this past weekend, but he is solidly committed to Ohio State. So that's just – that's all one team. Yeah. So if that's how much talent you have concentrated on one team, just imagine what the other squads it's are going to It's a who's like. who, Travis. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the fast Houston squad myself. Uh, Mr. Lagway um, heading up that. I'm a big fan of his, uh, especially when those offers went out, obviously – he was putting up pictures, I believe, of him and Stacy Gage on their visit. Um, got got Oklahoma fans very excited. Um, yeah, it's just going to be a who's who. It's just star-studded. I'm super excited about it. I feel like DJ Lagway is number one on your wish list at this 7-on-7 seven seven event. Absolutely. Is that, is that yep. accurate? Absolutely. No, no secret there. You're, you're big on Lagway, huh? I am. I am. You know, you I, have to be. Like if, if you watch the tape, it's pretty clear. Lagway is the guy you want, and if he ends up at Oklahoma, nobody is going to be all too averse to that. I, I understand Michael Hawkins has his fans, understandably so. I am one of them. But if you can get Lagway, you get Lagway. What's the current situation there? It's just it's it's hard to say right now because you know you on the one hand he's only just finished his sophomore year. So there's a long way to go to the finish line, but Lagway also feels like the type of guy that's probably going to pull the trigger before official visits roll around because he's going to be eager to lock in with one school and start recruiting guys around him. What makes it difficult is he's got basically every offer there is. Right? So Oklahoma's in it, sure, but you got Texas A&M as a big player. He picked up an offer from Clemson. I believe he has Alabama as well, if I'm not mistaken, and USC and Muleshoe are in that race as well. Yeah, we'll see if he's still actually at USC by the time uh, Lagway, uh, uh, it's time for him to go to school. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think with him, to your point, he's already got those offers. So it's not a situation where he doesn't want to lock in with a school because he's waiting on that, that one dream offer or anything like that. When these offers start piling on early, you know, it puts them in a position to to make that decision earlier than somebody, again, that's that's waiting to go camp somewhere or anything like that. Air Comfort Solutions text line, if OU signs Petaway, Evans, or another top-level small receiver, will they still try to sign Cole Adams? And if they sign Petaway or Evans and they don't sign Adams, will you guys stop crying about OU not signing him? <laughs> I, I, no. I, I don't think we've been crying about the prospect of 
oh, you're not signing Cole Adams. What we were kind of miffed about for the longest time was that, oh, you hadn't even offered Cole Adams. Yeah, and as Parker and I have been talking about this week, Travis, it's not a bad sign. In fact, it could be the best sign that he still hasn't committed Alabama yet, and he's going to take a visit to OU. That's about as good of a situation as you could ask for here. Yeah, because you know everybody was aware that that Alabama offer was committable, and he had wait, that. wait, wait, really, really, Travis? Yeah, right, yeah. That, that's a commit. Alabama wants Cole Adams. Yeah, oh. weird. So with that, the fact that he was waiting, waiting, and now again is coming for his official visit. I think we're in great shape for Cole Adams. Yeah, all right, that's good to hear. Peyton says he put $75 on the over 8.5. You can get 8.5 somewhere. If you Seriously. can get 8.5 somewhere. Oh, my. I'm, hey, if I, I'm telling you this right now. If I look on a Vegas website, if I look on Caesar Sportsbook, and I see 8.5, Clear room, clear, no, clear room in the back seat. I'm coming with you boys <laughs> as soon as you take off, okay? We got room. And I'm putting some Bet. cash on that thing. I just don't – I don't know. I, I guess anything could happen, but for OU not to hit the over on 8.5, I think Dylan Gabriel's the most important player on this year's team. But something really dramatic is going to have to happen to Dylan Gabriel for this team to lose four regular season games this year. Yeah, he would have to miss – substantial time he would have to actually be out for the season or at least five or six games for that for that to happen and even then I'm you know I'm I'm not totally ruling out winning games uh you know without him but you know we've got we've got booty in the fold yes so booty's always the backup yeah I'll tell you what (laughs) um but like seriously think about it since 1999 how many times this team has won less than eight games 1999, all right? That was clearly Bob Stoops' first year, 7-5. and five. But they led in every single game that year. That team was, to use an old mule shoe adage, really close to being an eight-win football team that year. You didn't do it again. Well, 2005, with the bowl game, you won eight games, right? 2009, with the bowl game, you won eight games. And I know that Vegas doesn't count the bowl games as that win. It's regular season. But the point is, you had a massive reloading, rebuilding year in 05. 09, you were devastated by injury, some before the season even started. Mm -hmm. It's taking drastic situations for OU not to hit. And this isn't a depleted roster. I know that everyone thinks nationally that OU lost its entire team to the transfer portal that is not accurate oh you did lose some players via the transfer portal but they also added some nice players via the transfer portal Travis yeah I mean it it works both ways right we can talk about oh man we got stripped our roster got stripped down and old mule shoe took them all from the transfer portal I'm using quotes for those that can't see um but yeah when you bring in I mean talent Everywhere. I mean, we brought in a lot of talent in the secondary. Like you look at a guy like uh, Kanai Walker, and then obviously Dylan Gabriel. Um, you, you look, you look everywhere, and you've got talent that can play. I mean, I don't look at this roster right now and say, "Oh, you know, we're rebuilding." It maybe maybe Venables can coach them up to a level where maybe the other teams are. No, we're we've got the most talented roster, and our defense is going to be better, and our offense is going to be better. And we'll actually return kicks. So I don't know where – if you don't take a step back anywhere, I don't, I don't see how the, the win total drops. Um, you guys taking bets on what Cam Newton is going to wear to the 7-on-7 seven seven event? He's got a – he wears some pretty flashy and unique clothes. I'm just, I'm just wondering. It will depend. I believe it's going to be 115 degrees. It is a dry heat. Um, so <laughs> Which makes it somewhat more tolerable. Yeah, so but. it'll be interesting to see if he's a fashion over comfort uh, you know, that type of approach. Who knows? 
Um, he'll be wearing some crazy sunglasses at least. He likes to wear crazy sunglasses indoors. Hey, real quick before we hit a break, we'll get you on the other side too. Um, what's your feelings towards this softball game or the softball series, I should say? I think I think it's 2-0. I mean, I think we figured out Dulcini's screwball, which was an issue and had been an issue for a lot of teams. But you saw in that last game, and Jocelyn even talked about it, and hey, we just – we we got it figured out, and I'll take us over them, and and I think outside of outside of that, that's their best shot. And it, once they've got that pitch figured out, there's not a lot you can do. Yeah, and they they hand, what they chase her after three or four innings on Saturday. You know, it's one of those where it's really hard not to feel good about OU going into this championship series, but. I don't know. I guess I kind of find myself checking myself a little bit, saying, "What well, is the championship series? Anything could happen." But realistically, if you look at things, it's uh, OU's just the OU's the better team. Nobody's beat us twice. I don't. I don't see why they would. Yeah. Start now. Same. Yeah. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. One final segment of Locked In coming up next. All right, final segment of Locked In with McComas and Thune, Travis Davidson hanging out with us inside the Brown O'Haver Studio. Las Vegas Sooner on the text line. Uh, I, I did not know that the last Brahms is in Amarillo. Did anyone else know that? I knew the northernmost Brahms is in Salina, Kansas, because it's the one I always stop at on my way home. <laughs> but Yeah, the last Brahms is in Amarillo. No big deal for you, I, but I always stop and get my last ice cream fix there. Also, the best coffee is in Albuquerque. Um, it's delicious. Lock your car if you go inside. What is this, New Mexico Pinion Coffee is what it's called? So, Las Vegas Sooner, you guys need to uh, meet up with this guy. He's got all the stops from here to Vegas is what it looks okay, like. Okay, fair enough. Hopefully he won't hold my distaste for his hometown against me. I was, uh, yeah, he did yesterday. I was in uh, Amarillo <laughs> a few weeks ago for that OU Coaches Caravan. I get done with the show at 6, and a storm is bearing down on Amarillo. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. A dust storm? It, uh, there was a haboob that night, actually. Yes, oh, wow. there was okay. a haboob that night. And a storm was bearing down, and I was like, I, I got to get out of town. I'm really hungry, but I got to get out of town. I'm a moron because I drove through Amarillo 50 times in my life. I get right outside Amarillo, and it's like, well, I'm not going to be able to eat for two more hours. So it's either eat in Clinton or eat in Amarillo for you guys tonight is what it sounds like. Noted. So, the big Texan in Amarillo? Someone was asking on the text line who's going to do the 72 ounces. I don't know tonight. if we could put that away between us, Travis. Yeah. That's just a lot of food. Yeah, I don't I don't think it would be safe for us to risk a food coma while we're on yeah, the road trip. Yeah, see, that's the thing, too. Is we got to stay awake. It yeah. is, um, even if you're not eating the 72-ounce steak, it's pretty awesome on the inside. It looks like a uh, carnival in there. There's like a little shooting gallery. There's a gift shop that's there. Hey, put 50 cents in this thing, and a horse with two heads is going to appear right before your Gosh, eyes. It sounds like Las Vegas. The, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. Vegas light. The 72-ounce meal is sitting on a plate when you walk in, and you get to see the raw piece of 72-ounce meat that is sitting there. It's all wild at the uh, big texan just well, uh, letting you guys know i did i did make a bunch of uh, homemade beef jerky uh, for the road oh uh, really yep, yep okay I perfect because i got i got road trip snacks and drinks galore too so oh, we're gonna perfect be, we're gonna be set absolutely i need to get a trailer just for the snacks so uh cam newton seven on seven event in vegas where you guys are headed um there's not going to be any uh, staffs out there, is there? Like any head coaches, no, assistant I coaches I, no, out there? No, okay. that is not. I'd uh, just be awkward if you guys ran into Mule Shoe out there or something. Oh, man. I can't, hey, he, I can't he, imagine. He may be somewhere with binoculars. Who knows? 
Hmm. I can't imagine. Well, you know, just because finally he's at a job where he can actually, you know, field a team that can have the best roster in the college football well, playoff. finally. You know, as if he's ever going to do that at USC. Does anyone think he's going to field the best roster? you got to get to a college football playoff first to have the best roster at USC. I don't think that's going to happen. And even if he does get there and I'm wrong, he ain't going to have the best roster either. So you can go ahead and forget about that one, boys. Yeah, weren't we a two-seed against Georgia, too? They were, uh, I think they were. They yeah. were the two. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. weird. I think that's right. When he walked into the playoffs all those times, uh, I thought he was always the fourth. That's that's odd. Oh, I think man. his memory is having some issues. And by the way, like, here's the thing. I guarantee the expectation in USC circles is, oh, he's just going to do what Pete Carroll did. You know, Pete, yeah, USC wasn't a powerhouse when Pete Carroll got there, but hey, he built them into a dynastic powerhouse program. Pete Carroll ended up on probation, yeah. Yeah, A, he ended up on probation. Also, Pete Carroll had been to a Super Bowl in the NFL. Pete Carroll had way more of a track record than Muleshoe does at this point in time. Well, that's the thing is, you know, how can you instill championship DNA within your program if you've never seen what that looks like before? You know? I mean, seriously, don't you have to have an idea of what something looks like? You don't have to have won it as a head coach, but he's never been an assistant somewhere where they played a national championship game, won at that high level, you know what I mean? So, that's I, been I don't my, know. That's been my argument for this new defensive staff, having 13 combined national title appearances. They know what it looks like. Yeah, and I think that that's extremely important that uh, you know what it looks like. All right, so you're going OU in two games, correct? Yes. Parker, you going OU in I two games? I will say OU in two games as well. Okay, well, I'm going uh, OU in two games as well. Look at us, just a bunch of homers here, picking the best team in America Sunshine to, uh, pumpers. to win the uh, Women's College World Series by uh, two to nothing. Uh, Michelle Smith, coming your way next hour at 320. She's going to be on the call tonight on ESPN. Stick around for that. Safe trips, boys. Appreciate we'll see you. you. Yeah, see you talk guys. to you tomorrow. All right, Rush coming up next.